Good evening and hope you had a fantastic day. Being that tonight is the 15th of the Jewish month of Shvat, allow me to wish everyone in this Chavra a Chag Tu B'Shvat Sameach, a happy Tu B'Shvat. This is a day on the Jewish calendar often dedicated to appreciating God's creation and nature. And while many people eat fruit or plant trees through JNF, I would like to spend tonight sharing a message together that can deepen our appreciation of what this holiday stands for and how it can more profoundly inspire our everyday lives. As well, since many people have provided me with the feedback that they liked the week-long focus on a theme a few weeks ago, I thought perhaps this entire week we would focus on ideas that all tie back to thoughts inspired by Tubishvat. For tonight, I wanted to share with you one of the most inspiring teachings I have had the privilege of learning regarding Tubishvat. But let's start by acknowledging a very strange reality. As you know, if you're living in Toronto, this was a brutally cold weekend, possibly the coldest one of the winter thus far, especially if you had to walk 20 minutes to shul. Now, normally, we would just say, yep, that's a Canadian winter. But it happens to be a little strange in light of the fact that today we're celebrating Tubishvat. And this holiday is, as the Hebrew song goes, Chag Le'ilanot, the holiday of trees, which at this time of year are looking more dead than alive. Think about it. If you knew nothing of this holiday and I just told you we're going to celebrate trees in nature and you could choose any time of year to celebrate that, how many people would choose the dead of winter in February versus something like the beginning of May? I mean, after all, we remember that April showers bring May flowers and May would be a wonderful and natural, pardon the pun, time to celebrate trees and nature. Or we might think a great time to celebrate would be in the middle of the summer, the months of June, July or August, when all the trees are in full bloom. That seems like a time to marvel at the beauty of the natural world. So why did our sages choose the 15th of Shvat, which always falls out in the middle of winter? To understand this, I would like to share with you a famous teaching by the Sagachava Rebbe in the early 1900s, in his work The Shem Mishmuel, who explains that when Tubishvat comes, one is supposed to daven for, to pray for, a beautiful esrog, the lemon-like fruit that we take with the four species to wave on the holiday of Sukkot, together with the lulav and the other branches, which will fall out sometime in October. Seems a little strange. Pray now for an esrog? To be honest, I have so many other things to pray for that will come before Sukkot, like praying that God gives me and my wife insight into what our family of 10 will dress up for on Purim, or that we should be able to prepare for Pesach without too much stress or breaking the bank, or that our kids should all get good grades in both their personal conduct in class as well as their academic studies in their final report cards, or that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur should be meaningful. Only after all these things happen will Sukkot and the need for an esrog arise. So why are we praying for that now? The answer given is quite profound. See, nature isn't something we are just supposed to look at for its beauty, but rather, we should also be guided by the lessons of nature as well. So what is one lesson about growth in nature, or in this case, more accurately, the nature of growth? The answer is, growth takes time. Judaism could have established the day to appreciate the beauty of growth in nature in the middle of summer, but if we did that, we would forget a fundamental principle of growth, and that is that growth is a process that takes time. And not only does it take time, but it often starts long before you even see the process of growth produce any visible signs of progress. Says the Sagachava Rebbe, when we're praying for a good esrog in Sukkot, which is six months away, that's because the esrog that we will have in six months is starting to grow right now underneath the surface. Tubishvat is not about appreciating the fully grown tree. It's about appreciating that in order for a strong tree with deep roots to flourish, the growth starts in the dead of winter, when there seems to be nothing going on. 
A tree and its fruit do not appear on demand because it is a process. And in the same way, anything meaningful and especially meaningful values and identity, they do not suddenly appear, but require a long and not always so visible process to eventually produce the end product. Today, we live in a world where when we want fruit of any kind, we simply go to the closest metro or Whole Foods and buy it. Delicious apples, juicy oranges, sweet papayas. We wake up, walk to the store, and just buy it like it magically and instantly appears. But we forget that the real way those delicious fruits mature is not instantly on a shelf, but that they required months of planting, tending, watering, and nurturing. So if that is the nature of growth, it does not simply apply to fruit trees but it also applies to the nature of the way we reap the fruits of strong character and values. It isn't instant. It isn't always sunny and easy. But if we plug away at it, even in the dead of winter, and yes, often on the surface, we are hard and frozen in place. But if we look deep down enough and get closer to our own core, we realize we can and often have the ability to make small growth start to occur, which over time will blossom into the fruit of what we hope and want to see produced in our future. That's it for day one of Tu Bishvat related ideas. Wishing you a Chag Tu Bishvat Sameach, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.